You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. This is Eli Steenledge, and with me is... Jeremy Holiday. And we are back with a new episode, and we are talking about Widows, the film. Widows, the film. Did you... Uh, so, Jeremy's really excited on this episode because we have a little bit of some new audio toys. So, did you give that the appropriate... No, no, here, here, uh, okay. we have a new... that, okay. We have a new, like, mixing board that allows us to add a little bit of effects. Mm-hmm. Like, you can add... Let me just crank this up a little bit here. You can add some... Reverb, like you're talking in a really big room or something like that. Yeah. So let's try that again. And we are talking about widows. Widows. Thank there. you. Yeah. yeah. It's so not, that's, that's going to be our new thing, I think. Super exciting. Yeah. 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 We're like 13 year old boys <laughs> with like a dual head cassette deck thing. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So hopefully things sound slightly crisper. Yeah. We're working time. on it. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about widows. And uh, this was a film we were excited to see because of the people behind it, yeah. mostly. And uh, I was intrigued by the topic as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we were both, you know, not surprised by how good it was. Because yeah. we were expected it to be good, and it followed through. This may be one of the cases, as we talk about it, a film that I really liked quite a bit. But I may... Um, have some negative things it sounds like but it's because i like it so much that i have some nitpicks with it mm-hmm. and also i realize like us as filmmakers i watch some of these um, because this is the sort of topic that i sort of like or might make a film crime film yeah i would consider it a little bit noirish yeah in some ways and so um i'm looking at you know what what does this uh fine director do Um, the writers of the film, what did they do, and maybe what could have been better. And so um, to learn from, not necessarily their mistakes, but um, how to improve it even more. So what sort of things did they miss? But overall, I can't be too hard on the film because I really enjoyed it, many elements of it, and certainly above par for uh, a crime film like this that you would normally see, I think, in the movie theater. So that's a little bit of my warning about my take on things. It might come across a little more negative. But overall, I think if we talk about the different elements that go into filmmaking, from the direction to the cinematography, set design, acting for sure. This is a powerhouse film of acting with a lot of great actors that we'll talk about. Uh, that all of those things are firing on all cylinders. You know, this is a film where I just enjoy people talking. Um, when they're just sitting down talking yeah. to each other, it's it's really tense and exciting to watch people act, um, bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. But what was your sort of take on it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I really liked, uh, you know, uh, Steve McQueen from, uh, you know, uh, 12 Years a Slave, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was great. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, I mean, and so I saw that film, and then I was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? And I went back and watched some of his, like, student stuff, which is mm. available online. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and he has, a, I mean, has a really strong, like, avant-garde mm-hmm. um, 
you know, at least in the presentation, yeah, like a style. And he has a like a mm-hmm. more of a fine art background before he got into film. Yeah, so you can definitely see that in his compositions and yeah, um, style. you know, and, and I liked, uh, you know, there's just some things that are like in you know, there, there's one famous you know whatever scene in Twelve Years a Slave, but it's mm-hmm. a really long shot of Tuati Ejiofor, you know, when he's like being hanged mm-hmm. um which is great and and i like i'm a big fan of a long shot i mean i mean like a, a lengthy mm-hmm. take, long take um yeah. uh you know and i think that uh, you know it's gone out of style a little bit these days i'm mm-hmm. um, certainly with you know i mean whatever all yeah. these youngins making their superhero films mm-hmm. um so i appreciate it. and it stands out i mean it's not a, it's not a film it's not like the opening thing mm-hmm. um but it like it really it serves a really strong purpose in like emphasizing the realness and authenticity of it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was in a, as it's an interesting emotional story that it's told, told very well, yeah. you know, and and again, like where the the what's shown in the frame and what the people are doing and their moods all sort of like is uh, smooth and sort mm-hmm. of focused on a purpose. So um, I would essentially, you know, like I will see essentially everything he does. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I was excited about it for that reason, um, and I mean, I also like a good. Like a good crime film. I yeah. mean, and I don't, I mean, I, I'm more like, you know, like The Sting is one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. This, uh, I think it's the Brazilian sort of take on it called um, Nine Queens. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is a, that and there was, a, there was like a US version of that which was called some dumb thing, like Criminal Intent or something. Mm. Um, uh, but, you know, and so, like, I like it with lots of twists where, yeah. like, you as the viewer are, you know, like, you, you're um, you're taken on a little bit of a, a false journey, just like the people in, you know, mm-hmm. in this room. You know, some of it's, you know, like, um, like, maybe there's an unreliable narrator, essentially, but you, you're, you're <clears throat> you go through a, through a journey where you reveal something, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, so, sometimes crime is sort of the best foil for doing that kind of yeah. thing. So I'm always, I was always a sucker for that. And um, I think uh, McQueen does a good job in this of, sort of building standard crime or um, heist expectations. Yeah. And then doesn't necessarily, I wouldn't say subvert them, but they don't always get the the attention that you would normally think they, like it's building up to the big heist at the end um, and it doesn't play out the way we normally, it's actually really short. Yeah, um, that sequence. You think it's going to be this big action moment, and but it is very intense and thrilling, and there's surprises um, within that. But it it doesn't play out the way you would yeah. in like say Ocean's Eleven or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, the film as a whole. I mean, I like like so. It's called Widows, and it's mm-hmm. about these widows. Mm-hmm. Um. And it it keeps that theme throughout the whole film. Um, yeah. Uh, which I find very interesting and fun and satisfying. Also, I it, it, it's a good and bad funny thing, or funny, good and bad thing. So, <laughs> I mean, I love a, a good getting ready montage. Like, mm-hmm. I love a good montage. And there just are almost none in this film. Yeah. Um, we and, do and get the, sort of like a, I wouldn't exactly call it a montage, but we get moments of them like, Getting the supplies or yeah, getting rid- a yeah. little bit, a little but bit. not like I mean, and it's fine. we don't and, really know the plan. And, and, and yeah, and, and yeah. he can do whatever he wants. Like yeah. I, I'm not gonna like that's not a real complaint. Mm-hmm. But um, what he does do, which is most notable, I think, is like we don't see the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this has been done in a couple other films and storytells because mm-hmm. it builds a lot of suspense about what they're actually gonna do. Right. But the effect of watching it is like, oh wait, oh you know, like mm-hmm. you know, you get it. Like I had the sense that they were like casing the joint, right? And they're undertaking. The, the heist mm-hmm. um, which was uh, it, it, it's just some efficient storytelling mm-hmm. um, 
And it makes it a little bit more interesting because you're not, I mean, you have a sense of, I mean, they give you, they hint at the plan. Like they, mm-hmm. they have the dirt, you know, they're going to be carrying it. Yeah. You know that it's going to be pretty much abandoned. Mm-hmm. But you they don't. They have to get a, a code for the safe. Yeah. Um, that, there's a driver. Yeah. But you don't know all those details. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, so, and for that reason, it feels kind of fresh and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that there's, uh, I mean, it's a film that I'd like to see it a couple times. I yeah. mean, I just like. There are details you know, that you'd want to catch. If yeah. I give, you know, I grant that he's awesome um, and has put a lot of thought into it. Because there's, when we saw it, um, like, he comes on, right? Oh, beforehand, yeah. Yeah, he comes on beforehand. In the to, theater, yeah. To tell you, and I don't know if this is in all, in, in, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's part of the movie or just mm-hmm. in our particular theatrical presentation, but tells you that he came up with this story when he was, like, younger in his living room and he's been working on this thing for years you know this is yeah. like his I did not passion project know this when we saw it neither did I I have since learned oh. that it was a mini British miniseries in the 80s oh that they adapted so I think part of what I've heard is he saw it as a young man yeah and it was portraying sort of this um lower class yeah people that normally he didn't see on the screen and so yeah. I think that's what sort of excited him about it Plus, it's written. I didn't know this uh, either going into it, but um, by Gillian, Gillian, not quite sure how to say her name. Um, Flynn, who's written some novels. Uh, hmm. Sharp Objects was on HBO, the miniseries earlier, mm-hmm. which he wrote the screenplay for as well, which I thought was really good. And Gone Girl is yeah. what she's most. But uh, I think she's from Chicago, and it's a very Chicago influenced movie, yeah. based movie. So um, I think that was a good influence on that. But yeah, I did not know it was based on a miniseries hmm. before. I just learned right now. Yeah. It's only been embarrassing. No, that's okay. I mean, that is what he said in the opening, was that he, yeah. it was a story that he's been, a passion project that he's yeah. been wanting to make for a long time, which is interesting. Yeah. And I think uh, another thing to highlight before we get a bit into the weeds is mm-hmm. uh, there's another really great shot when, I don't remember his name, he's the uh, the senator, or I mean, he's the, the representative. Colin Farrell's character? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's doing like this presentation at like a, a woman's collective opening workshop. M Wow, yeah, M Wow. It's a great name. It's, and I mean, because there are those M Wow might exist somewhere, right? right yeah, I like what um, he says. Can I get an M Wow? Yeah. yeah, and and like that's horrible and painful and true. <laughs> but yep. you know, like he he gets in his car, and mm-hmm. and this I think is sort of like if I were to parallel in his work, like this is sort of the shot that parallels that you know that that shot where mm-hmm. Mr. Edgeford. And this is the way to use a long take. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and like, and so he's in the car, and and it just drives from this beat up part of town to mm-hmm. his to the edge of it apparently where his house is and like we don't cut we don't break mm-hmm. and like to see the transition of those neighborhoods is, is interesting and feels very very real and salient and about things that are going on in our world right now and the way mm-hmm. things are um it's also interesting is you, you you know he sort of like breaks down and cries and his girlfriend puffs him back up you know right um but we also don't see their faces yeah. we just see the car we just see it driving um and it's like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is like the McQueen shot," mm-hmm. um, and I was. It, it didn't have the same. It didn't have the same power for me as watching like mm. the shot in um, Twelve Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. It was cool and interesting, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't as novel. It's yeah. Like, um, and uh, I mean, again, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, it's Im- it's impossible for me to ask him to like <laughs> totally break everything every time. Yeah. But I, I, it was. A, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome." But it didn't have the same kind of, um, like... Like emotional impact or something? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more subtle. Like, you sort of are taking it in and figuring it out as you watch it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I had sort of heard about the shot and what I told you about the city. 
But I was so I was a little disappointed. I was like, well, I can't see them. Yeah. So I felt a little disconnected. But what was interesting, I think you go through a lot of different things during that shot. Like yeah. you are, and I and I like this about films, that when you are watching a scene there's a lot of different things happening. Like yeah. there might be a conversation happening over here, but there's something else that's sort of like distracting your attention over here. And you're sort of like, have to be a very aware viewer yeah. to, uh, to take in everything. And, yeah. I, and I appreciate that yeah. sort of active viewing because we're, we're listening to that conversation. We're learning a lot about Colin Farrell's character yeah. and his assist, his assistant, I guess. I don't know yeah. if they're in a relationship or what, but like she comes across differently than we would have right. maybe thought she would yeah. and him as well. And then we are focused on them. Like I said, you can't see them. But by the end of the shot, the camera sort of pans across the hood because it's kind of yeah. looking on the hood. And we do see through the window that the driver is African-American. Yeah. And so it does add, you know, we're taking in that there's they're pulling up to this like mansion. Yeah. Um, next to this lower income neighborhood. And then their driver is black and he's talking about basically these like racist racist comments and this guy just has to sit there and listen to it yeah. the whole time. So I think it's it's doing a lot of commentary all in one time, but it is almost something like you'd have to take in a second time. Yeah. I also feel too, I mean, like for the regular listeners know that like there's mm-hmm. some things that I don't like and I'm very, you know, like I'm very clear about that. Infinity mm-hmm. War is one of them. Um, <laughs> like again, like there are a few things about this film that I don't necessarily like, and maybe I'm saying the same sort of caveat that you did. Mm-hmm. But like I'm like, for, I'm much more forgiving because so much of it is interesting. Yeah, true. Um, and <clears throat> you know, it, it, it doesn't have, you know, it, it's like it's McQueen's second film, right? Um, in some sense, so like there's a lot of, you know. Build up after this, like, sort of amazing debut. Yeah. Um, well, he has a couple of popular films before that. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Uh, Hunger, I think, was his first big film. And then Shame, I think, was like at Cannes and did pretty well. Hmm. So this is like yeah. just the me embarrassing myself. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, but that was, that was definitely the biggest film. Yeah. Years, it's like, yeah. And I feel like he, in some sense, I, I get this, uh, you know, I don't know, like this. I, I, a respectful Clint Eastwood as a director mm-hmm. vibe from yeah, this, yeah. Mm-hmm. where like there's uh, especially with the camera work, mm-hmm. like there's not a whole lot done to draw our attention to things with mm-hmm. the camera, right? And like especially the scene um, when we find out mm-hmm. that um, like so the the male mastermind is still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're. It's not flashy, yeah. You know, and like, there's not a lot of camera movement. There's not a lot of cutting. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of music. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of you're not. You know, I mean, there's. I mean, like, and so it's like the people acting in the space mm-hmm. that draws our attention to places. It's the motion of the dog. Yeah. It's you know, I mean, a little bit of the framing in the way that like, you know, the way the doorway is framed. There's a lot of space right. over on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, why? Yeah. Why is there so much space there? You know, yeah. why? Why are you creating this space? Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, it's like wood paneling was you know like yeah. obviously drawing our attention to sort of like what's behind that wood paneling mm-hmm. um, but that's something that I just find like as a viewer I'm always thankful for it I'm mm-hmm. always yeah. I, I'm always going to give my attention mm-hmm. to the, what's going on in this scene if you're not throwing my attention all over the place right and I think he is a good enough director to know when to do that yeah. and when he can kind of show off a little bit and have yeah. fun with it. Uh, the scene where I think his character's name is Jatem, he's sort of like the muscle for the one Alder trying to run for yeah, Alderman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
there's a couple of guys who, you know, didn't do their job so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the camera, I think that's also one long take yeah, when they come into this gymnasium. Yeah. And it, yeah, it keeps spinning around the characters. And it's almost like it's kind of like working you up too. Like yeah, yeah. That's spinning as an audience because you're like waiting to know what happens. And it does have a pretty bold payoff. Um, so like moments like that are a little more bold and flashy. Yeah. But I think he's he knows the purpose of what he wants. He's yeah. controlling the audience yeah. um, in the way that he does it. And I was kind of talking about the car moment, which I think is like sort of the standout sort of as far as cinematography, what you sort of notice in the film. Because yeah. it's this kind of long take. But I was thinking about the way he uses vehicles in this film in general. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of like uh, interesting moments. Uh, the film opens with a very like soft, tender moment. Yeah. And then we cut to the heist, the initial heist going wrong, and we're looking out the back of this van, um, and the door comes off, and it's really yeah. like chaotic. Uh, but that's like we're again like the perspective is through the vehicle. Yeah. I think that sort of bookends the end of the film where we get another van and a heist and we're looking out a back window and we get like the car rammed um, from behind. So it's all kind of this perspective. And then another one that was very subtle that impressed me though is, uh, is it Veronica, the main character? Viola Davis's character? Not sure. I think so. She's taking her dog um, to like a kennel before they do the heist because she doesn't know is very responsible and yeah. nice for us as an audience. No, the dog is safe. But realize the whole thing is shot through, like, um, like say, a passenger window yeah. of a vehicle of somebody watching her. And, and I don't think that's something, like, I think most people would notice that, that somebody is watching her. Yeah. But as you sort of see her take the dog in, it kind of stays on it longer, and you're thinking about that, and you sort of forget that this perspective is from inside of a car. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really powerful. Again, it's uh, it's doing a lot of things within the same shot or the same scene, um, but it's so well-crafted and thought out that you sort of forget about those perspectives. So I think it, yeah. it kind of puts us in that point of view of um, sort of a voyeur almost yeah. of watching her. And I think maybe that's meant to be like, in a place like Chicago, like or in modern day, you're kind of always being watched, or somebody could be yeah. watching you. Well, um, that or like maybe that's the way these people live is like they never really feel like they're their own or something like that. Um, but it also sort of implicates us in in sort of watching this uh, this sort of scandalous thing play out, or yeah. all of these people. Yeah, I mean, I think too, like he, the film itself keeps our focus pretty, like our our. Uh, yeah, our focus pretty mm-hmm. tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we, like, you know, for those of you that, you know, spoilers, watch the film, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we don't, we, we, are, we as the audience are kept from a, a lot of important information mm-hmm. through a lot of the film. Like, we yeah. are manipulated mm-hmm. just as various other members of people who are in the film are manipulated right. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that only works, or it works well here because mm-hmm. there's, you know, like, until we get that shot when they're uh, on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We don't really get the big expansive shots, and that's mm-hmm. not big and expansive. But it's yeah. like I mean, you know, it has this like Miami Vice, mm-hmm. we're like yeah. finally getting you know to the right. secrets kind of thing. Because um, like again, like because like you were saying, all the perspectives from most of them camera angle are tight. Someone's mm-hmm. watching someone else. Right. We're in a really tight space. We're just seeing people. There isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, in some sense, like, very practical. Like, this mm-hmm. is sort of what this would look like. We're not right. flying around. Yeah. Um, 
And I think, again, that's it's a very smart storytelling because uh, mostly we are in sort of the widow's perspective yeah. on things and what they know. Um, but that moment on the boat, we sort of switch and we as an audience have more knowledge at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a very Hitchcock thing to do of yeah. sort of like switching that and knowing what's going to be more suspenseful. Either like we are limited to the protagonists yeah. and how much they know and then flipping to now we as an audience have this bigger perspective and then we're worried for the protagonist because yeah. of that. And that's that's sort of a, a good shift to know um, when to do that, when not to. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and again, Another cool thing is I love the opening. Um, yeah. Where we do get this very, uh, like I said, intimate, tender moment between yeah. um, Viola Davis and Liam Neeson, who are married in the film. Um, and I don't think it's a spoiler. Not that we're worried about spoilers, by the way. <laughs> uh, but that he, uh, the heist goes wrong basically in the first scene. Yeah. Um, and and the, the husbands die, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love the flash from, I think he even kind of gives like a little growl in bed when they're with it. And then yeah. it cuts to this like really intense. Um, yeah. The like, opening is great. And boy. I mean, I also, I mean, part of what sets this film, well, I'll say this, two mm-hmm. things. One, part of what makes it fun, something they want to mention, and part of the, something that also makes it noirish, mm-hmm. um, is like the, the space that, um, Viola Davis's character occupies, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's sort of this like eternal morning space, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. you know, I both like morning with a U and morning <laughs> without. Yeah. You know, she's waking up, he's you know experiencing his absence in her life, mm-hmm. um, and we keep we keep going back to that image. We we go back to her on the moment, bef- like flashback or remembering mm-hmm. the the day before the heist or other sorts of moments when they're together in mm-hmm. a tender way. Yeah. Um, and that feels like most of the film is where, like her, if she's our protagonist, is sort mm-hmm. of anchored. She's yeah. she's thinking she's about things state. and deciding things mm-hmm. from that space, mm-hmm. and so it makes the whole film con- contemplative in nature. Yeah. Uh, you know, and because it, it's like um, stuff is happening, but it's not like things are about to happen. <laughs> um, you're there's just a story that's unfolding mm-hmm. um and it's progressing along at a reasonable rate you know yeah. we're, we, we know that we're going to eventually get to some resolution and there is some bit of tension you know at mm-hmm. various points but we're not being like thrust on a giant rocket through this story and it's yeah. not like there's right. only one thing we have to do because mm-hmm. even though they're doing a thing they're some of like the pace at which they do it um uh Shows us that there's a you know there's a lot more that's going on. Yeah, I mean, and basically, like from that opening, you may think like, oh, this is going to be a wild film. <laughs> a rip, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. going to be people shooting people. It's right. going to be like The Departed, throwing doors off, and yeah. then uh, and then really it settles into just exploring the characters, yeah. mostly these different women and beyond them too. Um, the people sort of in the background of who they owe money to and things like that. So it it really changes that. And I think maybe you mentioned this after we saw it right away, that that, what you're talking about, that sort of mourning um, state that we sort of feel in it, that uh, Veronica is in, and she sort of flips to moments when she's with Liam Neeson, um, when she, when in their relationship, but as an audience, we think he's dead most of the film. Yeah. But I think it does foreshadow 
that uh, like she almost has this sense like he's still with her i guess yeah like, remembering that and it does sort of foreshadow that he is still alive. yeah still alive like, she can almost like sense that still he's dead. still there yeah um which I, which is kind of cool to reflect back on um, yeah i mean because because effectively he's in the whole he's he's mm-hmm. there you know like every in 10 minute chunk he's there you know he's part yeah, of the yeah. film and in part of her journey as well mm-hmm. um i do want to say that so on a thematic point uh, one of the things that the story does well is like it sets up a lot of these like parallel relationships mm-hmm. um which we sort of move through like you, you learn that each of these husbands you know and, and some of this characterization is done very quickly with a line or two mm-hmm. um these husbands like weren't as great to their wives no. as we think or, or, or <laughs> even as their wives want them to be right you know and, and, and that's like like after they die mm-hmm. um you know a sort of various things happen all around mm-hmm. um like the the reclamation of the or the you know the, when the the, the loan sharks take back the uh, dress shop yep. mm-hmm. um, when the other woman is left there you mm-hmm. know and then you know various other things happen um and you know and so you, you have sort of like you know, you know these two parallel groups of people you have like the you know um veronica as the head versus jimmy is his name is jimmy in the thing Liam Neeson's character? Uh, sure. Sounds right. No, no, what, I don't know. Because he, he says... Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and you get to see, in some sense, how like Liam Neeson as the boss mm-hmm. screwed his entire crew. Right. And like had them all killed so he could essentially have a baby. Yep. Um, and you then have uh, Veronica, who... More or less, um, gives up, you know, or puts everything she has at risk to help all these ladies, and like it right. has, it, it, there is like she has a purpose, like she is trying to do something for herself, but mm-hmm. she doesn't take the easy way out, right? right? She doesn't give yep. up the book. Mm-hmm. She she like decides to you know like make sure mm-hmm. that these other widows are taken care of. Yeah, and that's something that like. Um, there's a I think like a, a resonance that I assume that Mr. McQueen is going for with just like larger elements of the black community like mm. highlighting the role that, that black women take are forced to take have to take you know mm-hmm. like I mean all of this I mean yeah. all, all the things that they do in various communities all around you know all around the US mm-hmm. um, and it's just such a cool there's like there's one detail in there that like there's a 1998 Subaru Forester that one of those long drive. It's a car that it's the first car that I ever owned. <laughs> yeah. It's a tremendously reliable vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's like, uh, and the minute it's on screen, it like immediately communicates like, Tells oh, like you know, th- that's a family that family like vehicle. Yeah. that like like that's a that's the kind of car that holds its value over time. <laughs> and it's very practical, and it show it like it communicates to me that that family like. They're like kind of in the middle. Hmm. Like they have a little bit, but yeah. they don't have a whole lot because it's an old car, mm-hmm. but it's a reliable car. And they're you know trying to get like it's it, it sort of and Stabilize, a lot of details, yeah. like especially like the interior of the women's houses the mm-hmm. first time you win them, mm-hmm. their relationship with their families, very 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 quickly communicate. I think effectively yeah. who they are, what their station is, what their relationship with each other is, and all these sorts of things. And mm-hmm. it and that's like part of and and you know and I feel like very hipster saying like <laughs> the word authentic, um, but I. It's something that, like, I, I, I was, like, into authentic before authentic was cool. <laughs> um, but it feels very real. Like, the world mm-hmm. that these women inhabit, though it starts off with this huge set piece mm-hmm. of, like, a ex- giant exploding van. Right. Um, 
it feels very real, like mm-hmm. having your ki- getting dinner done, getting your kids on babysitting, you yeah. know, and like you know, those all, little touches. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff makes it feel very, very real, and and like the the consequences and the stakes of it feel mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah, and I mean, I think you also just get characters characterization in those women. Yeah. Um, a lot more in depth than you would get in a normal crime film like right. this. I mean, even if they were men, I think it goes deeper. Yeah. Like I think Veronica's great in that uh, she is both tough and firm. Like she's gonna um, tell these women what to do and get them in shape. But she also has like they make sure she has this like white delicate dog that she carries, which sort of um, All the time. softens her. Yeah. And um, I love that they play with like. The danger of that when uh, Jamal comes over um, and he picks up the dog right away. And it's a great way to, like, have a threat in that scene um, because everybody's scared about dogs being hurt. Yeah. Um, But uh, not in the normal sense. Like, he's not threatening her physically. Yeah. um, But you know that he is uh, menacing. Um, But I think... It just goes back and forth. We see like her softer side and her dealing with the mourning yeah. um, of her husband, but also trying to to make this thing happen. And, and actually, I think maybe even more than her sort of emotional journey in this um, was I think the character's name is Alice, um, by played by Elizabeth Debicki. Um, but I I really like went on the journey with her. I think it, her transformation yeah. was really interesting, mm-hmm. of sort of feeling, um, maybe this is kind of uh, generic to say, but her empowerment in just being what she could accomplish. Yeah, you know, like uh, I mean, I think they state pretty clearly that she sort of was used to being provided for and was sort of yeah. like the yeah. housewife, um, and now she's she's sort of stepping into. Um, who she could be. And I, and I do want to talk about the very ending at some point, um, the very last scene, yeah, which well, was a little confusing for me. But Yeah, we, we, to, to, yeah. before we get there. Um, I mean, I have these, like, I would have to look at uh, the film uh, a couple more times. But mm-hmm. so there's this part um, where the, the reverend at this church, mm-hmm. which Peter Primarily gives, mm-hmm. like a, um, you know, a, a sermon. or Part of a sermon. Part of a sermon. Yeah. A sermon yeah. In which he talks about love. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I don't know if like if Mr. McQueen has this deeper structure to his film, mm-hmm. but like at the, I, that's kind of about in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like it's it, if you were to look at it, it marks a point um, at which the relationships start to change. You know, because mm-hmm. he's like, you know, imagine the world if you inject love into it. Yeah. And you see that like Veronica softens the women group bonds a little bit better together mm-hmm. and they also sort of make some essential changes that they need to to succeed they like actually have people that are good at things that you know, mm-hmm. things start um, and I think that there's you know again it, if this film sets up a bunch of parallel relationships that's one that's different mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of dudes right. who are kind of they're okay and they're mm-hmm. loving but they're also like don't tell their wives the truth and are only concerned with very selfish motives like having yeah. a baby um which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and the story of the, like their like his name is Harry. The story yeah. of uh, Harry's son's death mm-hmm. is a really amazingly powerful part of that story, mm-hmm. and their interactions about that are you know great. I mean, and like unlike unlike any other crime film I've ever seen. And because I mean, like how do you even the the thing is like in a different kind of film he would have been the protagonist. Right. Even if he did nothing differently, mm-hmm. right? Like in a in 
in a different approach to mm-hmm. this whole story. Yeah. Harry is like a tortured man who really loves his wife, but has such a deeper yearning for a, a child. <laughs> right. And, and we like identify with him along the way and yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, whatever. Yeah. Um, same storyline, but he, he's the person we identify with. In right. here, I like that he's... He's there, I mean, and also I think like the casting of Liam Neeson, I assume, is a big part of that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. he's you know, I mean, Viola Davis is huge. You know, Liam mm-hmm. Neeson is huge too. Yeah. Um, and he, and, but and I think like the, the way they play his age and her relative youth. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think she's younger than younger him. than him, but like, yeah. not. I mean, I don't know their actions. And especially, it's interesting. I think after his sort of like phase of his career as an action star yeah yeah to be in this role you know yeah Yeah. but sort of sidelined right um but i mean he just you know like the the fact that there's another way that this story could have been told is Mm -hmm. like is something that runs through the whole thing yeah um and is is fascinating because it 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 feels very clearly like mcqueen is playing with that the entire Mm -hmm. time like Mm -hmm. this isn't you know that this ain't like you know i don't know heat three um heat's great film um but so, and, and I think that, like, if you look at the, the relationships of the women, they're looking out, they're like, there is a love there mm-hmm. that isn't present, it seems, in mm-hmm. what limited knowledge we know of sort of the, 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 the men who go on sort of these, yeah. the heist. And, and after you mentioned that uh, theory, that yeah. idea, uh, I, again, we'd have to kind of see the film again. But I was thinking of this, um, the moment with Michelle Rodriguez's character, yeah. uh, where she goes, she's looking for some... Uh, who made some blueprints, I think. Yeah. And she go, she finds the guy who did them, and there's this sort of like... You found the husband of the, the woman. The husband of the woman, yeah. yeah. And um, it is sort of like an awkward, weird little moment where they like kiss over sort of their shared yeah. grief, I guess, their shared mourning. Um, but I, I wonder if, maybe you remember if that was after that sermon or before. Super I good. I don't sure. know. Um, because I think that would play into again, and and they don't make anything else of it after that. Yeah. So I, and I appreciated that much of it. Like they didn't try to turn it into something, but I think it was maybe an illustration of that of trying to find love yeah. in some way um, after that, but not not something real. You know, they're just sort yeah. of reaching for things. But yeah, I think there could be a lot more small moments like that that we'd have to. Yeah. Um, look for because I mean I just if if such a if a man such as Mr. McQueen tells me that this is like his passion project Mm -hmm. like I I really want to look deep enough in it so that if there are so that it's worth multiple viewings and it's worth digging in to see if there's things being communicated on on the level of the structure and of it Mm because I mean like there is I mean there's so much I mean because it's two parallel stories yeah and you have like um, Colin uh, Farrell's character mm-hmm. and his father, which are paralleled their relationship, you know, like a parallel mm-hmm. relationship over there on the other side, um, uh, you know, for Jamal and his folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's all these sort of different contrasts. I, mean, I think it's like a, a world of contrast in this space right. that's Chicago mm-hmm. um, and also sort of in the film itself. Um, and what's, you know, I don't know, what's most fun, exciting, enjoyable about it is that like you can watch it and see them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, our, you know, our filmmaker doesn't beat them, beat us over the heads no, with them, or even, even, or even sometimes point point us towards them. Mm-hmm. It's like if you want them, you know, like they're there when you get the opportunity to look at them, like any yeah. good piece of fine art. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's not like here's how you know it's not like you know veronica's like and you killed all your men so i don't know why she has an accent <laughs> and i kill you in return chicago accent. That, that's yeah. essentially like trevor noah doing it i don't know why I was doing it. <laughs> um uh but but i mean you do get to see that in the time when we don't know harry is still alive mm-hmm. like i was immediately suspicious at the beginning because I was like, I can't see that guy in the driver's seat. Mm. Is there something going on? Whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know retroactively, I'm like, yeah, I saw a dude. But yeah. um, I was like, that seems, I feel like we missed something Something's there. Something's off. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, um, but um, there's there's one detail that somebody somebody says it, um, and they say, like, like Harry never makes mistakes. Hmm. You know, and it it's one of those, it's a single line, um, but it that was sort of the second seed where I was like, hmm. hmm. Yeah. Like, is there something else going on <laughs> Doesn't here? Doesn't seem right, yeah. And then you're like, and you see him in the room, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. You uh, you had a thing, and like, oh, and your son. Oh, I see. Hmm. Um, but man, killing all those people and running away from <laughs> your wife. I mean, like, how you heartless bastard. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I have something else to mention, but yeah. uh, while you brought it up, so I still have a pretty big problem with the son. The scene with the sun. Why? It really bothers me. Tell me why. Um, I mean, I think it is, for me, it's not really talked about at all before that moment or foreshadowed. We do get consequences of it by the end. Yeah. But I don't think we have any lead up. We hardly know they had a son at that point. And so we don't know anything about them. And I don't know if it was exactly maybe part of it was the execution of it um i think that thinking back that might have been one take too um because they're with him in a convertible and he gets pulled over yeah and i think part of what he was trying to do was the abrupt abruptness of it the suddenness that it just happens yeah, yeah. but it i guess you i understand you can't talk about everything you present in a film in depth i understand yeah. that every theme but maybe it's other things that I've been watching in the year. I saw a documentary about a shooting of an unarmed black man this year. That was really good. I've been thinking a lot about the film and book The Hate You Give, which yeah. kind of ex- the whole thing is exploring this topic. But it just seemed like if you're going to bring that up, it needs to be explored more. And race was sort of talked about more after again that moment and, and their relationship, I think, about being interracial. It was just sort of like touched on a little bit. Yeah. But I just think it was, to me, it felt a little cheap. Like, here, let me throw one other thing at you that's in the news. Because I know it's going to like push people's buttons and make an impact. But he didn't. uh, All right. He didn't. Like, I couldn't buy it. I couldn't buy it in that moment. It felt like tacked on without exploring it. Okay. I I have three things. Yeah. One. What I think I will willingly grant you is um, the placement of it in the film mm-hmm. is uh, a bit off for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I kind of want to either have it later mm-hmm. or earlier. Yeah. Because um, it happens, you know, in the, in the, in the meat of it. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, when I saw it, mm-hmm. I mean, like, there, and again, like, much of the characterization in this film happens in, like, a line or two. Yeah. Um, and there was like, there's, it, it's like, she says a line about it, I think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 10 minutes or so before we see it. And I was like, oh, like, did he get shot by the cops? Yeah. And, um, and in some sense, like, I, like, 
I thought we were never going to see it because mm-hmm. I thought her allusion to it was going to be enough. Right. And I think what what thing what I think is so I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know how to qualify it. Mm-hmm. What is so sad is that that scene is so common in our world. Right. I don't think it needs further explanation. Mm-hmm. I don't even think we need to see it. I think mm-hmm. she can allude to it. Yeah. And in the world that we are in right now, mm-hmm. that is enough. Yeah. Like I think we know everything about that mm-hmm. like and i think like and i don't know what would happen if you asked him mr mcqueen about it like why he did it in that way right. but it's like i mean it just because and i think presenting like what it felt like is like you know a story when we get back sure like someone died in a mine accident or someone mm-hmm. died in a car accident like we don't we don't explore that in depth we just know that that's how that they died yeah and like and i think he's it felt very powerful to me that it was presented in the same manner. Mm. Like, it's just another way you lose your child. Right, right, like, right. as if they died from leukemia or if they got mm-hmm. hit by a bus or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and, and for me, that made it all the more shocking. Mm. Um, like, both, like, m- my viewing it, how common and how mm-hmm. horrible it was yeah. um, all in one. And so I, I, it worked for me. I don't think, for me, like, it, it didn't happen in the right place. Right. I mean, thinking back, I almost feel like I wanted mention of the sun like early on. Maybe some of those flashback moments. Yeah, so, but then, like thinking, I mean, overall, I think a little bit of my problem with the film is that it's overstuffed. Like, I I would prefer that we see this depth of character, mm-hmm. and and also realizing that it was based on a miniseries. Yeah, I think maybe they tried to take a lot of the elements that were explored in the miniseries and pack them into a two-hour film. Yeah. Um, no, I but see like that. things like with Jamal, I, I like all of understanding the political corruption and stuff going on or the gangs and all that's yeah. tied together. But like by the end, we sort of never have any follow-up with yeah. him. You know, we don't yeah. really under like that storyline is kind of dropped yeah. off. And, and, the, and the miniseries and, uh, piece seems very valid. Yeah. Um, but and, and, point. But yeah. point three. Yeah. Is. So the moment that happens when we confirm sort of the details of it mm-hmm. and we know that he's kind of at fault, I mean, like all this stuff, like it's, mm-hmm. it's her blackness of him right. and his like asking him to get some sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, like they both sort of blame themselves. And that's talked about in a terrible and honest, frank way between them. Mm-hmm. But the minute, the minute that happens, I then like retroactively at that point in the film read back all this detail into her in, into that space that relationship, yeah. where you know where she's in the morning when she's thinking it and like mm-hmm. so she's not just and I realize like oh like I thought she was just thinking about her dead husband mm-hmm. or whatever and oh she's actually thinking about her son too right and and like it you know like as if it's more like a soup yeah. it's not an awesome analogy but it's like you add a little bit to it and it sort of like influences all the other stuff mm-hmm. and for me like that's what happened and I, mm-hmm. and, and like I was like watching it again I bet I would get a lot more out of those early scenes as well yeah. um, but I also thought I mean it, it was and, and I would suspect that he made its timing and placement in the film where it was so that it was jarring yeah. and I think like I mean I, sure like I think I can grant I mean like it matters what I think. But I, think <laughs> I mean, I I think that there's some truth to the to the argument that it is overstuffed because there are a number of storylines that don't get you know tied up, right? Sort of, or like the, the our, our main story resolves and we don't necessarily need them. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to say that like part of what I liked about that was. It, it felt like the world existed before we got there, certainly. Mm-hmm. And the world was going to exist Keep when we going. were gone. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's this, I mean, just like there's, in any good, you know, three-act thing, there's a sense that like, 
we've just gotten the cup and saved the thing. Right. You know, and then like there's the world could literally disappear in the next second and it would be fine. Um, it feels like a... Yeah, I mean, nobody's really left gets off the hook in this movie. I mean, yeah. like, we mentioned this uh, sermon in the middle of the film, yeah. but then soon after that we find out, you know, the... Um, the minister is is corrupt too. Sort of play, he plays playing his sides, you yeah. know, for things. But uh, so all these different characters, and I do. And what, what I wanted to bring up, I guess, is maybe like a theme of like um, inheritance. Uh-huh. I felt like yeah. all these characters were sort of inheriting things either from their family, yeah. you know, ownership of maybe something physical or. Uh, something bad in their lives racism that that was built up uh economically inheriting um things of not being able to get out of that you know uh, again the alice character elizabeth debecky you know she uh you know she's in this bad place and we kind of learn about like oh she never like went to college probably or like learned how to have a career yeah and she has to figure that out and then um we meet her mom who we think is like gonna be a loving character and is like oh you're out of this bad marriage but then she pushes her in this like other bad direction you know um of of how to do it so like it's just the this constant like they can't get out of that um break out of what they're they have inherited um sort of the sins of the family or the community yeah and also i think there's a parallel i only noticed it sort of thinking back but like um the Jatem character, yeah, which he was a really surprising role too. After what I've seen him in, like in the Get Out, of seeing him scary. Yeah. No, he was quite scary. Looking back, he's also often like very bored in his work. Yeah, like he's reading a book before he shoots those guys, yeah, yeah. and then he wants to be entertained. Later, they um, break into an apartment, and he ends up watching TV. Yeah, like while they other guys yeah. do. Yeah, I work. mean, I I don't know. I mean the the. So two things. One mm-hmm. that reminded me of like um, Brad Pitt's character in Oceans, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Uh, when he's like eating a sandwich, he's yeah. always eating a sandwich. I mean, like right. when I was a teenager, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so hilarious! I like mm-hmm. loved it. I yeah. also love it too. Um, it, it it's also I mean, and that I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of that. Also, it's just like um, I mean, it, it has this it adds a weirdness right to the whole thing mm-hmm. um there's also like weird moments with him where um he's in he's like staking out somebody one time yeah and uh he's listening to like spanish language yeah yeah cds or something like he's learning spanish and um i was thinking later like trying to put the pieces together because his brother tells him like let's wait a week until we find out what's going to happen but he continues go and like push it with yeah, people yeah. to figure out and then he ends up stealing the money so i almost wondered like if he's trying to turn on his brother maybe he's learning spanish to get out of the country he's going to take the money yeah and leave and so i think also that parallels colin farrell's character who is probably gonna live a life like his father and go after those same things but, like, but doesn't but, want it but doesn't want it and i wouldn't say like he's sympathetic necessarily but he sees the racism at play, even though he still plays into that. You know, like, yeah. is still also racist. Yeah, I mean, racist, but his, he, his dad's, I mean, at least as, as characterized in the mm-hmm. film, just the asshole you think he is. Right. I mean, right. you know, like, he, yeah. he's he's like, you peel back the one layer, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, looks like it's just <laughs> even more of that down there. Yeah. Um, yep. Whereas his son, um, you know, Mr. 
Harold's mm. character is is different. Yeah, and like you know, in some you know, and, and which is more insidious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I think again, like they've inherited these things, and they, in some sense, can't think they can break out. Yeah. Or we see that they can't. You know, he ends up winning because of some weird thing, um, his father dying, uh, and then. Um, you know, uh, Jatem dies in this weird way and kind of gets yeah, his... Yeah, I, I mean... Didn't love that either. I gotta say, I, I do not love him dying. Yeah. Um, Seemed a little extreme. Oh, no, I, it's oh, just yeah. utterly convenient. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I... One of the things... Okay, so... I know I've, I mentioned on the on this podcast before, mm-hmm. but there's this Indian... Amazing Indian film called Shole, which is um, mm-hmm. sort of this, like... The, one of the biggest films of all time back in the day yeah, um, with Amitabh Bachchan in his early years when he was just adorable all the time. But um, there's it, it's um, this deep revenge story. It's like this mm-hmm. it's sort of a uh, curry western, so it has a sort of western thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, in the original version of the story, um, the movie, like the, the man who, the, a man without arms, I mean, <laughs> an armless man goes in revenge. Um, and he finally gets it and he's just like distraught like <laughs> utterly emptied from the inside out and despaired because he it's his life is now completely empty mm. um and he just sort of like languishes you know like screaming out into the mm-hmm. ether at the end of the story um and it's like he got exactly what he wanted yeah um and even at that mm-hmm. um it it is it is filled entirely with nothingness and sorrow um and so like i love a good a good disappointment <laughs> and so i thought that like you know because like these ladies were pulling off stuff pretty good for their first job right right and i was like all right like so when he steals their van i was like oh so they're gonna have done the crime and be in trouble right and not have any of the money right right and be in a Even shittier place than they started pulled it off yeah and i was like that is great yeah and much different than i expected so when they can just kind of like I don't know, like run him with a car, right. and like you know, he's he, like he's just a, a speed bump mm-hmm. in their journey. Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, and, I, and maybe this was intentional too, but um, the commentary on the reason uh, Colin Farrell's character one is because they said like uh, the community reaction to his father dying sympathy, yeah. but like Jamal's brother died also. Yeah, but like. I, I don't know if that's a commentary on race that they don't care about yeah. this black man dying, um, but somebody else in the community they do. That's yeah. white. But there's little details like that. I mean, certainly, hopefully, he thought through that. Uh, this all maybe brings us to like the very end of the film. So after the whole heist and stuff, and uh-huh. we see the women are basically in a better place. Most of them. Yeah. We kind of we, we get an yeah, epilogue. We get an epilogue. And then we find Veronica and Alice in a diner yeah um together and it's shot very intentionally it seems we kind of get this cool shot of them both in a mirror yeah there's a, they work that shot often yeah I, I mean i didn't dislike it in any way it just felt like he was setting it up like we're doing something here and then we just kind of get they greet each other outside and I, the only thing i could take away is that it shows that veronica has sort of softened because yeah, or, most of the film, she's like, I'm not your friend. Like, yeah. we're just getting this job done and then we can, like, live our lives. And so it's kind of showing, like, hey, I do care about you pulling through 
and living and yeah. and things like that. But, yeah, and I mean, this goes to my love thing. I mean, like, yeah. I, I feel that mm-hmm. there's, like, part of... I mean, so, like, if you were... I mean, just bear with me for a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to take any activity that a protagonist undertakes as some sort of metaphor for or stand-in for the activities that we do in our lives, mm-hmm. like, whether it's a crime or going to the moon or destroying an asteroid or pulling mm-hmm. us, whatever it is, yeah. um, it, their journey is our journey, right? Mm-hmm. And part... If we go with my sort of love lens mm-hmm. you know that we're asked to sort of in the second part of it think about what it means to engage in our activities with love and concern yeah. for others and so you and so you have this that as our endpoint, where she's mm-hmm. like, like, how are you doing, Alice? Or whatever yeah. she says. Right. Um, where there seems to be some sort of caring between them. And mm-hmm. and you get the sense in that like there was I mean that's not true you would assume or could assume there is caring amongst the the original group of men that did Mm -hmm. it yeah but I mean like Harry did kill all of them (laughs) so he could fake his own death and have it and you know and have a baby the thing though the one thing that in the end was a little bit uh what was possibly most unnerving Mm -hmm. is Carrie Coon's a place the the woman Mm -hmm. he's an affair with yeah not enough Carrie Coon though yeah well I mean she like she is the calmest of all of them Mm -hmm. throughout the whole film and certainly in that scene when she sees Harry like Harry's freaking out Mm -hmm. she's like cool as a cucumber it freaked me out (laughs) I was like I mean mean, and part of that's because of like you know last thing I saw her in was um, The Leftovers yeah you know which is like a really surreal world Mm -hmm. but I was like you I yeah I mean like Harry is like balancing like on the knife's edge here, mm-hmm. as is your son, daughter, right, your right. own life, your, baby, your yeah. future, your mm-hmm. plan, yeah. um, and you're like, mm, maybe she left earlier. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it was really unnerving. Yeah, um, and again with the those like those those shots again mm-hmm. felt awkward, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like it was on purpose, hmm. you know, and it's like, and especially the way he's framed off. in that yeah. weird window, it just felt very, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, like, I, so I, when I, the, I had this very visceral feeling at the mm-hmm. end of that scene, like, oh, yeah. yeah, and she's like, yeah, whatever, I'm like, e- look at all that's at stake around yeah. you, you know? I mean, you may know this about me, that I like sort of ambiguous endings, Yeah, but that ending, I was just sort of like, not like I wanted like a big moment or something, yeah. I just was like, oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like it should have ended right at the end of the heist or something and just, like, cut out or at least cut that last scene. Like, I just didn't feel like it was strong enough compared to the rest of the Well, but here's the thing. So, I mean, there's, you know, like, so you think about plot and story, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot in this film about crime, heist, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. But... I mean, what is what is Viola Day, what does Veronica do at the end of the story? What part? At the, I mean, at the very end. Why is she in the diner? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's left open. I don't know if she what, meant. What to I mean, there. Like, what activity does she do in the diner? Oh, is she eating or is she drinking? She she goes to the diner to give money to a member of the school board to get renovations on the library that she used to work at in uh, the name of her son. I actually totally forgot about that part. All right. <laughs> and so for me, that I mean, like. I like that part, yeah, um, because it's also again like very grounded in the practical, mm-hmm. and also in some sense makes it this film a story about her and the death of her son, mm. which again like I mean your point is that it's there's not enough in there. Yeah, my point is um, 
just because it's only a little bit mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's not just because the story is about, about all yeah. of this stuff mm-hmm. you know doesn't like that doesn't like the relationship of the plot and the story don't necessarily have to be the same because yeah. again like it's a crime film which mm-hmm. we, you know like in most crime and guns it's just to, like raise the stakes right, right. Yeah. and it's just to give us an opportunity to look at how someone undertakes an activity mm-hmm. um, and like how what do they do with the spoils right yeah. you know she doesn't leave town mm-hmm. she's there she's staying part of her community she's like dealing yeah. with and trying to memorialize you know and money mm-hmm. she stole from her husband who she <laughs> killed right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but again like what does what does she do with her crime organizing acumen mm-hmm. and what does Harry do with his crime organizing yeah, acumen there's a different yeah like he's choosing to literally kill his co-workers mm-hmm. lie to everyone around him mm-hmm. and and, and linger for yeah. reasons I don't. I mean, like he should have left. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's yeah. you know that's him making the mistake. And Veronica, like most of the decisions she makes with her crime mm-hmm. organizing acumen, um, is that's a great phrase. Um, <laughs> is for a purpose I think is good. Yeah. You know, ripping yep. off a guy who should be ripped off, who stole money. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just they're just taking money they was mm-hmm. taking from somebody else. Yeah. Um, and she's. Giving it to a good cause, mm-hmm. um, and, and what I mean, like sure, library, whatever. But it also shows that, like, it also feels very real. Yeah, like she's not running off to Bermuda or where people mm-hmm. go. Right, um, she's going back very specifically to a thing that she used to be part of. Yeah, I mean, there's a few minor details which didn't really ultimately bother me, but like in the end, Liam Neeson says like he needs the money, but like. He also says, like, you were just supposed to turn the notebook over. Like, he didn't expect it to happen. Yeah. Like, he didn't expect to get that money himself, it seemed like. So why does he need the money now? Like, weird motivational things like that. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, why was the... seem weird that the $5 million was just sitting in that house. And they, oh, Eli, like, but how are they going to steal details, it if it's not know, in the house? I know. But those things, like I said, they're, they're not yeah. enough to, like... I'm sure there was a reason worked out somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, area. my understanding of why he needed the money mm-hmm. was in his original plan, he gets it from... The politician? Yeah. Yeah. For doing, for like undergo, for like... Right, and, and, so and like, she took all the Since money. she took it from him, then he has to get it back from her. Right. Um, yeah. He's supposed to get paid off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do like, uh, in general, like, if you look at early noir films in america they came out of like the crime film yeah that was uh purpose to sort of use these crimes as a way to show the sort of dirty side of the city the corruption um that was interconnected eventually you found like it's hard to escape all that you know like you the film or the story would be about trying to do maybe do the right thing yeah um in that moment and you know just things continuously push you away from doing the right thing yeah. and in that sense uh, I wouldn't call this necessarily a traditional noir but it does expose those things and um, I think relatable to what's actually happening in our world right yeah. now and most modern noirs neo-noirs don't necessarily have that real world emphasis I don't think yeah. like there may there's bad people and corruption but it doesn't necessarily show like Chicago politics is very corrupt. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, I mean, places, yeah. like this white politician that represents. I mean, like, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, like, 
you say too much crammed in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't agree, but I mean it's. Uh, but like the whole MWOW. Like I mean, yeah. like how 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 many places can we look mm-hmm. in our own town, yeah. around this country, and see something just like that, yeah. where we suspect mm-hmm. that that white politician is behaving in that way, but like we don't ever get to see them say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that you know the the part of noir that. Well, I mean, but the part of noir that I've always liked is the way, like, the low and the high are connected. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you start off in the middle, mm-hmm. and you end up going to the bar, and you end up going to the, <laughs> the, the bottom of the thing. Yeah. And then somehow you go through the gutter, and you yeah. end up at the richest man's, rich, the, the house of the richest man in town. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's, like, some, you know, like, Japanese noirs that do this pretty amazingly. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, but you, you learn that the top and the bottom are connected. Right. You know, like, right. the, the you know, like, the water jake, you know, mm-hmm. it's about the... Um, and so, and you see that here, and the, the leap isn't as big, because you don't start off at the bottom or in the middle, yeah. but... Um, and, like, Viola Davis is not discovering corruption, but we are as the viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also get to see, you know, like, how you get to see... You get to see the public face of the pastor and the private face of the pastor and the public yeah. face of the politician and the right. private the face, face of the politician. Mm-hmm. And so we take that journey um, through those interconnected levels of corruption that mm-hmm. our protagonists often do in noir films. Mm-hmm. But it, it has the same um, quality of like an individual or a perspective examining the dark truth of their city. Right. Um, whether it's focused on a specific crime or a specific policy. Um because that's the thing that, but you're taking a, a, a deep look at it, and, yeah. you're, and, and you're getting to see what you never get to see. You know, and like and traditionally, like um, when you have a protagonist locked, you know, whether it's Chinatown or something, you have mm-hmm. you start off somewhere. There's a little bit of thing. You just feel uncomfortable about it. You follow that journey somewhere. Yeah. Um, and our protagonists don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of broadly reach some people and talked about stuff. They don't learn too much deeply. Mm-hmm. But um, the perspective that that is beyond them, which is us as the viewer, we do. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think it's worth noting, uh, I think the director did say, well, actually, Viola Davis has made statements um, in promotion of this film that you just don't see um, interracial um, relationships like that in films, and it's not really addressed very much. I mean, we find out some tension later in the film with their son, um, about that, but like in the opening and things like that, you don't see people kissing like that, you know, like, yeah. um, and so I think that's a, a powerful image, um, that they wanted to put out there. And also the director said like, he also hasn't seen in film, like black women that dress like her sort of like at that level, like she lives pretty well yeah. up to that point. And we see a point. Uh, a time in the film where she needs money but yeah. like she dresses very well and you often don't see that in films yeah. and, and as the protagonist especially yeah. um, as a woman of color so I think even subtle things like that I think it's great to uh, to be able to see that yeah. represented yeah, yeah. And, and um yeah and, and like they're they're really I mean cause she's like she complains to him like I never should have married a criminal you know right and you could I mean and they're I mean you can imagine, and there are plenty of examples of like other inter interracial relationships on film and in television, mm-hmm. where like that kind of dynamic mm-hmm. um, is present and talked about, and it's the big sort of thing. Yeah, um, you yeah, know, he's a piece of shit. I mean, right, uh, and and does wrong by pretty much everyone around him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know and, and and what's cool or what they play with is like you're, he's kind of like sweet you know like oh I yeah. like married a sweet black woman oh it's really cool <laughs> and, you know and then he's like nah you know like in the end he's totally irredeemable mm-hmm. especially when he's like I'm now like a big swaggering bad guy and I'm yeah, going yeah. to be even I'm going to and kill big, yeah. you um and mm-hmm. just, you know that's you know and, and that's like I mean that even like I had I had hoped that he would be more nuanced yeah more complex than that uh yeah Yeah. but I mean like the film doesn't need it Mm -hmm. you know Mm because there is there is a little bit of like a pulpiness Mm -hmm. to some of it yeah that like I mean that does make it lose I mean certainly that could be true of real relationships where you don't maybe actually know the person that you're with yeah but I think those early sort of flashbacks or how it's cut together as if he's still with her yeah. um, that she's remembering, like, I think those had a strong power to them, seemed yeah. um, authentic. Um, yeah, and yeah. then it does sort of lose that a little bit. I mean, I think that's part of her journey of why it's so hard for her yeah. um, emotionally to do this. But it, some of those twists, like you said, the pulpy twists kind of make those moments lessen a little bit in my mind. Yeah. He's like, I'm yeah. now standing over you with a... Right. I am willing to kill you. Standing over you with a gun. I'm going to need that money. Um, <laughs> it's a good Liam Neeson. Yeah, and, you know, I, it's to put the effect on it. Um, and then, you know, and, it's, and I think what I like about that is it's cool. Like, she does the reversal, and mm-hmm. she has clearly been planning sort of outsmarting him, and in mm-hmm. the end, she ends up being the smarting person. Which, yeah. again, which is like like The Sting or Nine mm-hmm. Queens. Um I, I like that we're twisting all the way to the end, mm-hmm. you know, profoundly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not kind of like, but I'm a man. You know, you take, you know, <laughs> like, it's actually like you, you can see these little bits that all of a sudden fall into we're place, set up before. and then you all of a sudden realize you're being, you've been scammed mm-hmm. or being played mm-hmm. um, since the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think overall, I would love to see more films that took this kind of care yeah um, absolutely to build the structure of we're the thankful story. for mr mcqueen yeah, and yeah. all the other folks that took the care to make it great yeah i mean i think this also tells you what um sort of directors who haven't worked in genre before yeah when they do do genre films like i sometimes they can have even more depth or things to explore yeah um like certainly 12 years a slave is more direct in what it's um trying to talk about yeah uh and and does it well also but i think sometimes it can give you more to think about when you explore it this way yeah yeah um can also help us see our reality in a in a more fun yeah more, yeah i don't uh, think i mean uh, um like dirty dancing is my wife's favorite movie so it's a big part of our lives but uh-huh. have you seen dirty dancing can i talk about i have i mean you won't you don't have to worry about spoiling it. No, no, no. But anyway, so I mean, there's like, so there's this I've really dramatic part of that. Yeah. I mean, a dramatic part at the end of the film when, uh-huh. uh, like, um, like the young guy who sort of uh, works with Kellerman is, is organizing mm-hmm. the final dance. Mm-hmm. You know, and he talks to Johnny. You know, Johnny, um, Patrick Swayze's character. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I was thinking of doing something different. And and Johnny's like, yeah, you know, I got these things. You know, he demonstrates all these moves, and he's uh-huh. so excited about his new art mm-hmm. he's going to show. And the guy's like, no, like, we normally do the merengue or something. I was thinking we're going to do the pachanga, which I don't know is, but it's like, <laughs> it's like instead of making Slide it purple, it, yeah. we're going to make it green. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times, like, what, especially, like, commercially successful genre films, especially in the heist 
genre. And this, mm-hmm. and this, I think, like they they're like this time it's going to be with a dog. Like, <laughs> right, right. This time it's going to be with thirteen people as opposed to twelve. It's you with know. women. It's this women this time. Yeah, Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, or like it's going to. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's also too like certainly with the opening of this mm-hmm. film, it, it it's it deeply resonates with like Mission Impossible. Mm. Um, certainly like the original mm-hmm. remake of the film, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. Like um, you know, because we're starting with a mess. And we mm-hmm. don't really know what's going on, and we're yeah. trying to get past that. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out what's going to happen in the world after that has happened. Um, and so when someone does it very, very differently and adds mm-hmm. a lot more to it, I mean, I think that's how you... That's what keeps the genre alive mm-hmm. um, and, and makes it watching um, a, any kind of genre film interesting. Yeah. Um, to see someone stretch it, pull it, add new stuff... Mm-hmm. You know, have significant variations um, on the themes, and, and you know, and like, and I mean, it's also clearly a genre film. Like he yeah. he's, he spends more time playing with things than he does with breaking them. Right. Um, but I think that that's, I mean, it it makes the film accessible to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know like really cool artsy films that I've watched that totally destroy all genres. And conventions, right? But you watch Break them once, the and then you write like a paper about them right, in film like, school, and that's it. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, true. Yeah, and I, and another smart thing I think he does is like with that opening, all the husbands, a lot of them are like recognizable actors. Yeah, you even think besides, so? You're like, well, like when they die, you're like. Really? Yeah, that was it. Is like, most of the film going to be flashback? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. How are they? You just killed the Punisher. Part what is of, cool? yeah, yeah. Um, so I think those are all smart choices, yeah. and he's doing that on purpose um, to be able to convey information about who those guys are too, really yeah. quickly. Um, to be able to do it. Uh, so yeah, I think we can kind of wrap up. Yeah, let, let's wrap up. Widows. Although. Um, I'm going to plug our uh, end of the year episode coming soon. Oh, yeah? Um, sort of a wrap-up for the year yeah. as well. But I recently watched uh, the Little Drummer Girl miniseries. Uh-huh. And, uh, Got some time on your hands? Yeah, I guess so. And uh, I don't know. Like, not exactly similar themes as Widows, but um, somewhat. And, and that show really uh, was really good. So was maybe even more thoughtful and like I can't believe over six episodes like every shot is perfect Hmm. in that film like knew what he was trying to accomplish and like flows together so anyways both great like I said I was a little bit critical of Widows in some places um, but never a problem when there's too much good media yeah yeah. Um, thank you, Mr. McQueen and Company. Yeah. Um, please make more films. Don't, don't take so long to make movies. No, you can take as much time as you want. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, you don't know, I mean, not like you listen to me at all. But He's a young man. Take your time. Um, make it good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, and um, we'll be back with you next time. Yeah, and we'll finally talk about that amazing Spider-Man film. Yeah, when I see it. It's into the Spider-Verse. <laughs>